Hello, Scotty. You know how the first role of show business is to always leave your audience wanting more? It's been so long, I think, that now we're at the point where if we record, we're going to leave them wanting less. So that's how I know it's time for us to uh, hit the red button. I I think the first rule of show business is always leave your audience with some idea (laughs) who who you were. (laughs) Oh, right. It's It's been so long, it'll be like, what's this in my feed? I developer no don't recognize that one delete and then that's our our last our last listener gone (laughs) actually i hope not scotty it's been so long why you know there's there's really not enough money left in the in the in the budget after paying for college for therapy so you know I'm, i'm gonna have to work out my abandonment issues with you here online for free John, anytime I can be your therapist, I am more than happy to. I have a very pragmatic style to it, um, you know. So just um, let 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 let's go for it. Let's see, let's see how reassuring and comforting I can actually be. Okay, Scotty, I'm sad. It's been like a number of weeks, and you've just been away, and I don't feel like I you value me anymore. Uh, um, yeah, next question. <laughs> Okay, Scotty, fine. So you know what? I'm just going to keep pushing forward, and can I can I complain slash talk about Swift UI a little bit, John? Let's 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 get straight into the tech. It's um, you know it's been a little while since we've been here. I think uh, early June, just after Dub Dub was our last one. So I think let's let's get on with it. Swift UI. Um, I've actually since we last spoke done my first Mac Swift UI, so I might have a few things to say as well. So let's um let's go for it. Go for Swift UI. Bing. Okay. We have liftoff. <laughs> no. Um it feels like that a little bit. You know, I played with Swift UI a little bit for side projects because there were certain things it seems like so incredibly easy to do and seems so much nicer and, and you can see everything in one place. Yay, declarative, you know, markup and, and all that kind of good stuff. Some things seem just like magically so much easier, like how to make a button, for instance. You know, it's like you have a UI button class and app kit, and if you want to style it or you want to do weird things with it, then it becomes tedious, and then you end up making your own subclass of UI control to be able to have exactly the things you want. You think this is wildly too hard. Whereas button in Swift UI is great. You just basically say, this is a button, this is the action, and then the thing that is called the label, you know, unintuitively is really just anything you want. You want to put an H stack to put an icon here and then some labels there. And it's like all of it seems incredibly great. And and that's all nice. Um, and so that that's kind of a positive thing that I think is, is nice. But then, you know, you think, well, you know, man, woman, child, dog does not live by by buttons alone. You need repeating elements, so you think, okay, well, I'm I'm searching through the internet and big fan of of hacking with Swift, so I look for examples there, and you see this is how you can make a list, and that's where things start to fall apart because you basically say, okay, well, a list seems as a nice declaration of intent, and it seems very easy how to be able to have a list, and and what happens if the list is empty? So all that seems really great, but then you start noticing that you use a list and the items themselves. Whatever you put into it, you know, the typical recommendation, at least I had seen, was add a tap handler to the item, which seems a little bit weird, but all right, fine, great, you go do that. 
But then you notice the tap handler only applies to, you know, the item that's in there. And so, and then you, you talk to a colleague, it's like, oh, yeah, don't do that. That's fucking stupid. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> you know, just make a button. And it's like, okay, great. That makes more sense. So that's how I kind of discovered more of the joy of buttons. So that solved that problem where the, 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 the cell, so to speak, of items in a list, the entire thing is tappable, not just where the, the text label is. Why that's the case, I don't know. And then, you know, then I start saying, testing it on iOS 15, and then I see that there are background colors that's not there. I scratch my head. I go searching on the Internet. It's like, oh, well, you just need to make a list modifier. And if you do that, it's like, okay, great. The background color is gone. I have some control. You know, I'll, I'll punt the issue of how do I set the inter-item spacing. In other words, just stuff that should be really, really simple. And you know, while I'm I'm building this up, I'm you know I know in the back of my mind that Swift UI, you make your declarations. It's up to the local platform to make your wishes appear in front of you. So you just kind of want to see how it's happening, and you look at it in kind of the exploded you know layer view in Xcode, and you see that you know two or three lines of Swift UI generates seventy five layers <laughs> in UI Kit, and, and presumably the same in App Kit as it's trying to figure out how to render it. And then you start reading posts, and you say, oh well. When you use a list, you know, depending on which version of iOS, it may be a UI table view or at some point switched over to being a UI collection view. And then people will say, it's like, okay, now that you know that, even though you're not supposed to do that, there's a way of finding out what the underlying class that implements your your declared intent is. And you can do that. And I think, no, that's stupid. So, I, again, I'm kind of doing this stuff because I wanted to, to do it in a project, which is a UI kit app. And, you know, I figured, like, I'm sure there'll be plenty of pain, but I'll figure it out. I'll work through it. I got to the point where I'm getting close to, to shipping some of this to, to early testers to say, I can't keep fucking around like this. I need to make it work. And I can't figure out these last details. I go again to a colleague and he says, oh, yeah, don't use a list. That's stupid. <laughs> Lists will never yeah. work. <laughs> you know, and, and, and he says, like, with the caveat that, you know, a long list, yeah, you kind of have to do it. But you're talking about a list of five or six items. It's like, nope, nope, just <laughs> just do a V stack of buttons, you know, and, and call it a day. And if you need to put it in a scroll view, do that. So this is my long-winded journey to be able to say it's been really great, but it's definitely the case where, you know, you're, you're basically trading one set of arcane knowledge for another. So, it, you know, the, if the promise was, like, it's very clean, it's very clear, you know, you'll never have to worry about the implementation. Scotty, they were Anyway, that's my impression. How are you, Scotty? Uh, yeah, well, okay. So um, I've been doing SwiftUI as well in, in Moneywell. Um, uh, basically, you know, SwiftUI, uh, with, with the release of Moneywell 2023, we um, upped the minimum macOS version to macOS 11. Uh, so SwiftUI became a sort of, you know, uh, you know, uh, possibly usable as long as we keep it simple. Um, we only have a very small percentage of our user base on uh, eleven. Uh, quite a lot are on twelve. The majority are on thirteen. So that's that's pretty good. Um, so um, yeah, and to be honest, I haven't tested what I've done yet on older versions of macOS just to to see how well SwiftUI uh, does it. But I say, yeah, this is my first experience of SwiftUI. Really, where I've been doing so anything. A bit more serious. Uh, this is on the Mac, so there's a bunch of stuff that's not necessarily available that is on iOS. Um, and obviously, all of the, the tutorials are for iOS, so you have to be a little bit careful when trying to learn it for the Mac. But yeah, same as you. Uh, I needed to do a list. I needed to generate a, a list that I would have you know, a variable number of items in uh, using um, 
Sutui State, and in the end, you know, I knew that uh, yeah, this was never going to be thousands. You know, most there were going to be tens of items in this list. So ending up with you know an each you know V stack, um, and then sort of generating each of the panels that were going to be done for it and everything were was the way to go. And and I agree with you. It's it's a totally new experience with a whole new set of learning, and I had lots of um issues with layout and how to make it do things and I'm not necessarily sure that I've uh, got those right yet and I think some of the the methods that I've had to use are possibly not the best way of doing it I am working with the um uh, the benefit of having a fixed width window uh so I don't have to worry about too much there um I did end up putting my v stack inside a scroll view as you said which seems to work quite nicely um, but I, I just kept thinking as I was doing this, how hard auto layout used to be, um, when it first came around, how, how, you know, the, the common cry from the, the laptop of developers in an office working together was, I don't fucking understand how this thing works. <laughs> um, you know, or what, the, what's it up to? And of course, in the early days, uh, quite a lot of, um, auto layout didn't work the way it was supposed to. But over that period of, what is it, probably 10 years now? I don't know, maybe even longer, probably even scary longer. Um, you know, we've all learnt how to think auto layout. Auto layout has, uh, softened itself to work a little better with us and to do what it says it's going to do. And now, although that doesn't mean we don't ever fight with auto layout, we do probably have regular fights with auto layout. We don't see it as the same challenge that we used to. And I am working on the basis that, you know, that's what Swift UI will be like. My, my understanding of what it's doing will be better. Uh, it's understanding of how to work will be better I think the Mac is flakier than iOS, so I think iOS developers have a you know a little bit of a smoother time maybe on that. But you know, over the next few years, I think you know I think it's pretty clear now. Apple are all in on on Swift UI. Um, I think you know when Auto Layout came out, we, we thought well maybe this is just one way of laying stuff out. No, but I think you know there's no doubt about it now that Swift UI is the way forward. I think it is totally pointless trying to work out what it's rendering underneath because Apple are free to change that anytime they like and probably will. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if in time, over time, Swift UI, you know, maybe separates itself out from UIKit a little bit um, as, as new things come in. But on the whole, it was, I'd say it was a frustrating experience because it was a screen that I could have done with also layout and, um, you know, table views and a difficult data source. So you're probably quite a lot faster, but at some point you've got to learn this stuff. And it's, you know, SwiftUI has been out four years now and I've not really done it. That's, you know, way behind the times. So yeah, it was a, um, it was, it was a far less unpleasant experience than I thought it was going to be. Let's say that. And I'm reasonably pleased with the outcome. Although I do believe that if anyone looked at my SwiftUI view, they'd tell me I was doing things wrong. Um, but I'll live with that for now. Well, I think that therein lies the, the rub. I think that when you know how to do things in the old way and there is a transition to doing it the new way, we're the ones who are kind of suffer the most. I think it's for me, it's generationally interesting because, you know, 
my beard is gray. And, you know, I, I remember AppKit on NextApp and then AppKit on, on Mac and then, you know, iOS with UIKit, which was supposed to solve many, if not all, the sins of AppKit. Now SwiftUI is supposed to solve all the sins of, 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 of UIKit. And it, since it doesn't quite yet and it hasn't been rendered, you know, it hasn't, they haven't kind of, you know, grown up and done everything themselves. It's kind of like the same thing to, you know, Swift to Objective-C and Swift to the Objective-C frameworks with, without which Swift itself wouldn't really work. You know, there's this weird transition where if you complain about something, say, wow, this doesn't really work well or I don't understand it. It's like, yeah, yeah, old man. Well, now I'm not the only old man in the group anymore, which is kind of entertaining in itself. But the other thing, too, is that you can then look at, I mean, literally go look at kids who are taking programming for Apple devices using Swift UI classes at Apple stores and places like Singapore. And you and for them, it's like they've never known anything else. You're just teaching this new paradigm or you, know, you don't have to go to a child. I can go to my man child who, who, who's 19 who's gotten the Swift UI bug. Um, and, you know, he's like, OK, he doesn't know any better. And, and it, it, I feel happy for him because he's not had to live through the pain. In the same way that I feel happy that my first programming language was Objective C and not whatever COBOL or or or, or Lightspeed C or Think Pascal or whatever or the kind of the more ancient programming environments were for for classic Mac apps. So it's sociologically interesting, but you know my gray beard tells me that if I scratch it long enough, I'll get through it, and yeah, and your the world will be okay. Your experience says that this is temporary pain and there'll be new pain in your life soon enough that will make this seem like no pain. And, so and I think what? something something you have to give Apple credit for, and I know we bitch about it because it always has edges, there are always edges, but something that Apple have traditionally been really good at is helping developers transition while still pushing the new. So, for example, I think I said on the last episode that, you know, the latest version of Xcode doesn't run on um, Ventura. That, that, that's not, I, I think I did say that, but that's not what I meant. What I meant was if you just do file new projects and choose a universal application uh, from the Xcode 15, I, I don't believe that project will build because it's automatically using stuff from Sonoma. Uh, so, you know, Apple are really like, you know, if you buy Xcode, your first download is today, you do file new project, universal project, you get, the latest of everything and it doesn't even acknowledge the existence of ui kit or app kit or whatever unless you go and dig around and, and look for it. it everything just goes down that route but equally they don't take that route everywhere and you just have to go right back to the history you know you you think of carbon which was the you know the thing they brought in to transition from the old um uh system seven type type mac to you know to app kit or coco as it was called back then i don't think anyone refers to it as coco anymore do they um uh in there uh you know when they transitioned to intel from PowerPC, we had rosetta uh when we transitioned to swift from um objective c the interoperability between the languages was pretty impressive even though it had lots of edges and lots of ways you could get caught lots of ways you could get yourself totally fucked over the fact that they just said well, you can make this work, and now the fact that you can mix Swift UI and mix AppKit and mix UI Kit, I think you know, you know, I I train Apple whenever I feel like it, but I think you know when it comes to managing transitions, I think Apple are actually pretty darn good. They are, and I was thinking the exact same thing, and I was also, but you know, and you you gave the positive reaction where I was going to slip in something which we're going to do now. 
which is, you know, since this was supposed to be therapy, the realization that, yes, there is pain, you'll get through it, and guess what? There'll be more pain in the future. Get used to that. Well, it reminds me of this meme I once saw, and I, I wish I could find it because I was looking for it the other day, but it's like Warner Hartzog, you know, encounters a Girl Scout cookie sales girl, and it says, life is, is, is you know, endless pain without end, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. So, yes, little girl, I will have a box of Thin Mints. And I think that that's, that's, that's how I feel about it right now. <laughs> and I think we have to remember pain is relative. I mean, you know, when I, I, I was a mainframe developer for, uh, you know, the beginning of my career and a Unix developer, you know, you know um, uh, uh, minis as they used to call them back then in those days, um, you developer initially. And then I trans, I transitioned to becoming a Windows developer in the, in the early 90s. Um, and so I've been working on other languages, COBOL being one of them that you, you've just said, and, and um pl1 and a bunch of other pascal and a bunch of other stuff and and so when i first came to um you know windows i did choose pascal in the end because um that's what i knew i went to born under pascal um but uh you know because i didn't want to fight c um but you know it's i think the you know born had an object library called owl which i think was the object windows library or something or was that that was the objective c that was their um, C++ one. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, the, the point was, I got the book out. I was an experienced developer. I understood stuff, you know, and the first thing I had to do was learn how to, you know, uh, uh, build up a message loop stack so I could actually process any messages in Windows. And then I had to learn how to get a first window on the screen. And then, you know, whatever else. And, you know, what you you know, maybe don't realize now if you're new to development is what you get with far new project in, in, in Xcode now was probably your first month of work <laughs> when you started <laughs> or maybe two weeks of work or some, some amount of work that is, you know, far more than far new project uh, used to be. And so it's, um, yeah, our pain changes. And at the time, the pain is just as painful. But, you know, I think it's becoming more and more you know, isolated, you know, with the, the, some of the uh, development, has the, some of the big general pains, you know, doing the plumbing and all that sort of stuff has gone away. And, you know, we sh- us, us Greybeard shouldn't moan too much. No, and now this will allow me to transition to life observations because, right, it's like, you know, you complain now about, about how difficult things are and, and you know, when you were setting up the, you know, the things to give instructions to your 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 loom so you could weave yourself a blanket to not be freezing to death in the cave. Um, there's a bunch of mixed stupid metaphors, but you get what I'm I'm saying. It's like everything is is a more and more luxurious problem. Uh, you know, I was traveling for the last couple of weeks. I went to, to North Carolina. I went to New York. I went to Maine. And, you know, the, the transition back to, to, to San Francisco is really difficult because in the last couple of weeks there have been, you know, the spate of, of thunderstorms. So the entire East Coast, the kind of eastern seaboard of the United States, has been unnavigable in airspace. And there have been serious floods with some, some serious, you know, death, destruction, devastation. And, you know, that's inconveniencing us, us travelers. And you can complain bitterly about how your flight was delayed or that you lost, you know, your bags temporarily and so on and so forth. Um, but it's a far cry from getting in a covered wagon and ending up, you know, becoming the Donner Kebab <laughs> when you arrive on the on the West Coast. It's, um, so, yes, this is no longer Donner Party goes to, to California. 
Um, so you have to keep these things in mind. But it, the way that I, I think about it as well is that, you know, it, it is a luxury to have, you know, new sets of problems. It also is good wisdom to remember that you'll get through it and to, to place things in larger perspective. Um, and there are probably bigger problems to complain about, which another transition, um, a friend of the show, Mike Lee, you know, famous Amsterdam or something. I, I saw a notification that, you know, he's beginning work at a company that and where he's devoting his work uh, to a company that uh, uses satellite imagery of oceans to be able to give real-time data about the state of the oceans, which are, are very relevant in terms of their, their activity as a carbon sink and so on and so forth, which makes me think, you know, at some point, sooner rather than later, or at some point, you know, one will want to start transitioning to taking all this engineering smarts and stuff like that and, and uh, put in our, our effort to help solve real problems. Yeah, instead of just making pictures appear on a screen of, of someone's cat or breakfast. Exactly. As we mainly do. Um, can I totally change subject altogether? Please do. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think I've talked about this. If I have, apologies. It's been a while. But you, you I, for many many years now, I've always complained that um, I couldn't buy a screen that was as nice as the iMac 5K screen. Um, and yes, we had the LG 5K thing, but it was a cheap piece of plastic. It was a the same panel wrapped around a, with a cheap piece of plastic and a whole bunch of dodgy firmware that just didn't really work with the Mac. And then, you know, Apple brought out the, um, what's their big one called? The Big Mac. Big display. The big display. I can't remember what it's called. The 32-inch 6K display. And everyone going, ooh, but you're like $6,000 plus a stand or whatever it is for a little $5,000 plus a stand in there. And then they brought out the studio display, which was basically the 5K iMac display back, a little bit improved, but in a, an Apple thing and a bit better. But, you know, everybody said it had loads of issues with the camera and loads of pictures stuff. And I admit that's died down a little bit now, but I've never been convinced uh, by it and so i've always been in display unhappy territory whereas john you will please know that i am no longer in display unhappy territory i i cannot display my my happiness of knowing yeah. this on a screen large enough to convey it yes i have i have bought a uh this snappily named dell u322 4k ba it rolls uh, off the we, tongue. It does, it does. Um, now, it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but it is reasonably solidly constructed, has a good solid stand on it, um, uh, a decent set of speakers on it, and more ports than you can shake a shitty stick at. Um, <laughs> so, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a good 4K camera built into it as well that you can swivel and move. Uh, it's 32 inches and it's 6K. And it was under three thousand um, dollars. So uh, I now sit here in all my six K, thirty-two inch gloriousness, a uh, happy man, and um, you know at a price. Yeah, I'm not. This isn't a cheap display by any means at all. Um, uh, but it's not that much more expensive than a than a studio display. And um, but it's thirty-two inches, not twenty-seven, and it's six K, not five K, and it's definitely a lot cheaper than the Apple big display that I can never remember the name of in there. So if you are out there looking for a thirty-two inch six K monitor, um, I believe. I mean, this monitor was released about two months ago now. I believe it's uh, even got discount on it for its opening months. About it, so. Um, uh, 
go take a look um, because I'm I'm not disappointed. Um, it's it's sharp as shit uh, for text and everything, um, and it's really really nice. So yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. Um, but if you are in uh, display purgatory as I have been for so many years since my I moved away from my 27 inch 5K iMac, then Maybe this is something you should go look at. Scotty, do you ever wish that we were a real force in tech podcasting and that you would have, have like sold your soul there, but actually have gotten a Dell monitor without having to shell out 3K? Yeah. I mean, because if I was anybody of any note, you know, and I didn't spend my time hanging out with losers, then yeah, I'd... um. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Okay, you know what? Okay, okay, hold on a second. I have, I have been, you know, I've been put upon now, so I think I'm just going to start up a new thread. Scotty, have you tried threads? I, do you know what? I have not. And I don't think Loser. I will. You're not hanging out with the cool kids. Yeah, I don't think I will unless the world tells me to and I bow to peer pressure. Um, I am a Facebook user. Uh, I'm not one of these Facebook. Yeah, I'm the right age demographic now in my 50s. Um, I use Facebook and Messenger to keep in touch with my family, to keep on with what's going on a little bit. I post a lot of shit on Facebook, um, mm-hmm. not be, not because I expect anybody to read it, but I I really enjoy the this time last year or this time two years ago mm. or today three feature, and it will it will pop up that stupid picture of breakfast or the walk we were on or you know the day I first held my grandchildren or something, and just remind me of life. Um, I don't really give a shit if anybody likes it, doesn't like it. I mean, it's obviously it's always nice to have life affirmation, but it's not why I do it. And um, and each morning I just it says you. Know, Two years ago, you were doing this, and one year ago, you were doing that, and I and I really enjoy that. So I do use it for Facebook. I have far less concerns about privacy than most people. I think you know, if you really want to dig into my life, go for it because it's really quite dull. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I don't do stupid things like share passwords and everything, but you know, I'm not. I don't get anal about this stuff. Maybe I'm being naive. Maybe I'm being stupid. But there we are. But even with that said. Um, you know, I don't really use Instagram, which I know Threads is more based around. And um, I mean, other than the way it connects to Facebook and I just, you know, uh, the people I want to talk to are on Mastodon. In fairness, I don't use that as much as I did initially. So I haven't. Anyway, so, John, you obviously do. Tell me about it. I actually think it's it's quite nice. It's it's very interesting. I mean, there's any number of ways you could look at it. You could look at it in terms of the cage match battle between two heinous billionaires. Um, but I, I don't because, you know, one has to remember that Instagram was its own thing, this own meteor, meteoric, meteoric, yeah, this enormous success that was acquired by, by Facebook. And then the people who were the founders st- stuck around until they kind of, you know, maybe couldn't anymore. Uh, and they face the problems like what happens when posting pictures of your lunch is no longer the activity. And, you know, they went from zero to 100 million users in a week and shipped a product that has lots of holes, lots of, of, of missing features and stuff like that. But it's been kind of really interesting two aspects. One, you create a new network. People are joining, even though they have a large pool of people to, to, to populate it to make it interesting. It feels like the first time you're using Twitter or Flickr or any of these other kind of things when they were first art and you think, oh, wow, this is great. I can kind of speak and can have an intelligent conversation and the bots and the the nonsense hasn't arrived. Probably not yet, but for right now, it feels pleasant. 
But from a product execution and and development thing, that's also been interesting as well because of 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 you know they chose to ship. They shipped very, you know, they they got traction right away, which is not surprising and good for them. Um, but you know, they chose to leave out a lot of things, like they don't support hashtags. And you know, a guy I follow and who was a, an early friend of Memory Miner, Chris Messina, the guy who invented hashtags, he's like, "What? No hashtags?" But he is he's always he has a very good sense of of seeing that how things will play out and what will 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 be durable. And he posted something saying that you know the folks from Meta have joined the W the relevant W three C council to talk about, you know, their you know, threads embrace and, and, and using of, of activity pub, which is the thing that powers Mastodon. And would that be a good thing? And that's that's they seem to be making the right moves. So it's kind of interesting how, you know, from a a standards thing and a a kind of general internet behavior reputation, meta has has really <laughs> had an atrocious reputation and deservedly so and this thing may help rehabilitate it especially after the complete kind of failure of their own metaverse thing and you get the sense it's like you have to remember meta is an enormous company you know and just like all of elon's musk industrial empire is a large company and he's given the credit and the blame for lots of things and that ignores the fact that there are individuals and teams of people working really hard and doing good things at scale i feel the same way about this and what's interesting is that you know uh, i can post things and i notice you know uh, i have to for my work you know see how is this going to work what happens if i make a recommendation for a netflix title on 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 threads how is it going to render it will it respect the open graph tags and and show an inline trailer and it didn't and i said you know testing it out there and somebody says well it seems to work and i said well yeah kind of barely sort of but i was hoping it would have this and it, as it turns out a colleague of mine from netflix who worked at twitter and now is is at, at linkedin but has many colleagues who you know he knows some of whom work on threads itself then kind of made an at response to it saying hey you know i'm sure this will get better so and so you know and and now there can be a, a, a conversation about it. Similarly, it's amazingly to 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 me, uh, they shipped it without. To me, what was the most foundational thing for for any social media is like if you're going to post pictures, let people put alt text in there so that everybody can be in on the joke. So I kind of found a funny situation where I posted a picture and people say, Fox, you're just weird. It's like, yes, I am weird. But I used it to illustrate a point that if you put something in there and you can't add alt text, anybody's using a screen reader will have no idea what you're talking about. So then I kind of in the thread itself saying, this is why I'm doing it. And for those who might be using a screen reader, here's the text on the side of the van so you can get in the joke. And in order to make it work, it was kind of clever. I was happy I could save the picture to the photo. You know, I took the picture in my camera. It's in my photos roll. You open it up text you know text the ability for 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 photos app to be able to read text and photos pretty amazing so it was actually really easy to do so i copied and pasted it and it was just a, a basically a demonstration of like all these technologies are here to be able to make things do the right thing for everybody please go do it and what's nice is that you can see that um yeah that it will get a lot better a lot quickly more quickly uh, than you might imagine, and it will be interesting to see how plays things play out. But uh, I kind of rather enjoyed it. But anyway, I can tell that that I'm boring you because you forgot to mute your mic, so I could hear you know you kind of like tapping your your fingers on the desk and doing what our listeners are doing. I I can't mute my mic because I always forget to unmute it, so I never mute it, and I just allow Sam to cut it all out. Uh, and I was actually just put my Apple Watch on the charger to charge because I realised it wasn't. Uh, 
Well, no, okay. I mean, I might go and have a look at it. I might go and have a look at it. I get what you're saying, and um, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's see you what happens. I mean, yeah. I think they. I mean, they had the benefit of solving the immediate problem any new social network has is who you're going to talk to when you go exactly. on there. Right. By transferring yeah. from Instagram, you know, these are people you're already following, already doing pictures with. This is like you can now do text as well. Um, so yeah, I mean they had they had a massive advantage, um, and, and we'll see. So so I, I guess that segues us into John. If people want to talk to you, I mean I guess they're going to have to get hold of you on Threads now, are they? Uh, they can, and you can find me as John Fox on Threads, um, uh, and uh, I will still I still exist on in the world of Mastodon as Jembe. Either place you want to talk to me because I I saw some some nice recommendations, a book recommendation, which I was very happy, and I'm just I'm happy that you know pleasant conversations are coming back. So if people want to engage you in pleasant conversation, Mr. Scotty, and 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 maybe to kind of remind you to be more pleasant to me. Where and how might they do that? Well, I don't think they should bother. Because you're not going to listen? But if they really do want to bother, they really do want to bother. I am too on on Mastodon, uh, where I am, Scotty, at developer.social. Well, John, that that 30 minutes is just just flown by. See what happens when you you hang out with good company and fine conversation. Mm -hmm. You were waiting for the next bit, weren't you? (laughs) Yeah, there was, is no yeah. next bit. There is There's there none. is no next bit. There is no next bit. We're gonna we're gonna end on on a positive note. John, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, and uh, hopefully whoever was on the rotor for this week won't be too disappointed that a show actually turned up, unlike <laughs> the people who got away with it for the last three weeks or so. Um, so uh, uh, apologies that you are the one that's uh, drawn the short straw this week, but hopefully it wasn't too painful. And uh, thanks for listening. And until next time. You take care.